Hello and welcome to One Star Bazaar, where we review the movies critics hated in search of the unfairly underrated. This week, just in time for Halloween, we have decided to head down to the catacombs of Paris and watch the documentary-style horror flick As Above, So Below. As Above, So Below was directed by John Eric Dowdle, written by John Eric Dowdle and Drew Dowdle. It was released in theaters on August 29th of 2014 and stars Perdita Weeks, Ben Feldman, and Edwin Hodge. This movie has a 26% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 38% on Metacritic, and, as usual, a 91% from Google users. This movie is about a team of explorers who venture into the catacombs that lie beneath the streets of Paris. They uncover the dark secret that lies within this city of the dead. So the reviews from critics are the first one from Bruce DeMara of the Toronto Star. He said, While the film has a reasonably engaging cast and some decent scares, the script feels like an uneasy blend of the Blair Witch Project and Tomb Raider. Jonathan Hoffman of the New York Daily News said, One of the world's top disturbing tourist attractions is now finally getting the spooky film it deserves. And Kyle Anderson of Entertainment Weekly said, like other movies of its ilk, it's missing a very simple bit of next-level Hollywood technology. A tripod. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and stream it on Netflix, and we'll come back with our review. But in the meantime, please enjoy this quick message from our friends at the Book of Lies podcast. Hi, I'm Sunny Hepburn. And I'm Brandy Fleeks. And this is Book, Book of Lies, the podcast. Where we discuss liars, cheats, and thieves, scammers, and dirty, rotten scoundrels. So tune in for new episodes every Tuesday to hear about another low-down, dirty liar. And learn how to spot them. So that's Book of Lies Podcast. Find us on your favorite podcast player or on Twitter at Book of Lies Pod, on Instagram at Book of Lies Podcast, and on Facebook at Book of Lies Podcast. And if you want to send us an email, send us one at bookofliespodcast at gmail.com. Okay? Bye bye We have watched As Above, So Below. Possibly not so wisely right before we went to sleep last night. <laughs> it is a little spooky. So let's... Is it though? There are some parts that are spooky. Okay. We'll get into it. Okay. First of all, let's talk about the acting. So since it is documentary style, you know, we're... That means found footage. Okay? It is found like, footage style. Yeah. Right? Like documentary style just means that, yeah, like the review said, there's no tripod. There's no, like, set up the camera like a normal TV show or movie. We're literally watching as if... I mean, the guy is a filmmaker, right? One of the main characters, Edwin yes, Hodge. Yes, he's making the documentary right. that so, we then watch. <laughs> even though, spoiler, he dies like halfway through the movie, and then they're still carrying around a camera so that, I mean, I know it's because it, it's basically their flashlight, but still, it's kind of a dumb excuse to have to carry around this big-ass camera. It's not that big. It's bigger than a flashlight. So again, this has nothing to do with the acting. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> because they're 
it is in that found footage style. I think they get more leniency in just being kind of normal people. Yes. And they don't have to... I mean, maybe their person they're playing is vastly different from who they are, really, but... Well, I mean, obviously they're still acting. Right. They're still being the character, but yeah, they don't have to... It's not, you know... They're just kind of walking around, they're just, I mean... You don't have to be, like, a badass, you don't have to be, like, an action star, you don't have to be a... You just have to be able to look scared and look I'm normal. actually kind of curious, like, how they film the stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Like... Is the director or is one of the cameramen just, like, walking around pretending to be the character and then he just is standing over his shoulder, like, delivering the lines that he says every once in a while to the other people? Because the, the cameraman character in this film, he does talk, but not as often. And you don't see him as often because, of course, he's usually behind the camera. Right. It's so they have... When they put the camera down. So they have the primary handheld camera and then they all have, like, headset cameras. Okay. You didn't notice that? I don't. I don't yeah, care. they all also have head, headset cameras, which is why we're able to see their, their point of view shots. Right. So makes sense. they don't just have the big camera. They also yeah. have, like, GoPros, basically, on sure. their heads. Okay. <laughs> okay. But, I mean, I didn't think any of the acting specifically took away from the movie as a whole. I think it was all fine. It was fine. What was surprising to me was seeing Ben Feldman in this movie, which I don't know that was his name, but I've seen him on TV shows. Yeah. He's in Superstore right now, probably most famously, right? And I was like, oh, hey, one of these movies with an actual recognizable star. Whereas, like, I've, <laughs> I've watched other found footage style horror films over the years. Not many, but a few. And they're all like, oh, yeah, you don't recognize anybody in these movies, right? Yeah. However, you will recognize Edwin Hodge from the Purge movies, apparently, which I've only seen one of. Yes. So, the story is, at its heart, it is like, it's the equivalent of the search for the Holy Grail. <laughs> right. This They're book... searching for the philosopher slash sorcerer's stone. It's not the sorcerer's stone. Okay, just kiwash on that. That's what they call it in no, America. Yeah, because people <laughs> in Britain think that Americans are stupid and yes. won't fathom what a philosopher's stone... From Harry would... Potter, it is the philosopher's stone from Nicholas Flamel. <laughs> yes. Okay, so it is this ancient folklore, alchemy, you know, legend item that... Grants eternal life, basically, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So this movie is definitely... It has elements of kind of a Tomb Raider, an Indiana Jones, uh, the mummy, right? With a little bit of a, the Da Vinci Code thrown in. <laughs> that is true, yes. And then roll that all up and throw it into your garden variety found footage horror film. There's creepy jump scare kind of things. You know, there are people running... It's lots all, of it's sort of no steady cams here. Lots of shaky right. camera work. Uh, one sequence that very much resembled like a speed run video game. <laughs> Including like punching punching a ghost or things in the face. <laughs> so, a lot of the problems people had with this movie, in looking at the reviews and articles and Reddit comments and whatever else, is. Instead of being kind of a run-of-the-mill horror movie that everyone can understand, it tries to weave in 
this overly complicated, you know, mythological item, plus it tries to imitate Dante's Inferno. Yeah, okay. So let's take these one by one. Okay. Okay. One, is this even a good horror movie? I think it is in the sense that there were times where I covered my eyes. <laughs> because you just know something okay. is happening. And then nothing really that scary even happened, though. I, think, I mean, it, it is a lot of jump scares. But not even, there was maybe like two jump scares. I feel like this movie does a good job of building dread. I don't. You don't. No, I think that this movie, aside from like one scene where this chick, you know, you you see her walking around and the character basically stalking her prey mm-hmm. or, you know, her victim of our main cast of characters where you're like, "Oh, okay, I don't something's about to happen." Like besides that one scene, mm-hmm. there was nothing else in this movie. There was parts that were creepy. There are parts where you're like, what the F are these people doing? And what was funny is the characters were just like, oh yeah, there's some weirdo people down here. What's whatever. Like, yeah, like psycho cult murderers (laughs) that are going to kill you. Okay. Do you think, this is what I was thinking today about this. Do you think the movie Signs is a good horror movie? I hate the movie Signs. Is it a good horror movie? No. This movie is less of a horror movie than Signs. In my opinion, Signs had more jump scare, more dread building, more, you know, suspense thriller type of scary scenes Mm -hmm. than this movie did. Okay, so what would you classify this movie as? Oh, I mean, it's trying to be a horror film. I'm just saying it's not very good (laughs) at it because it's not very scary. This movie is more of a, like suspenseful mystery folklore thriller that you, you know, whatever you would want to call that. Mm-hmm. A, a very much like the occult kind of thriller, like a Da Vinci Code, like a Tomb Raider, like Indiana Jones. Have it very seen, much is more that. Have you seen The Exorcism of Emily Rose? I have not. Wait, no, not that one. The Last Exorcism. No. Okay. I've seen The Exorcist. That's okay. Haven't seen any other because the last exorcism, exorcism I feel like kind of has the same feel as this movie where yeah. they go into it making a documentary about this priest who does exorcisms. Okay. And they find this girl who thinks that she's possessed by something. Okay. And it turns into something totally different by the end of it. Okay. Like basically cult stuff. Okay. Um. So I think, like, this movie has that same kind of feel where, like, it starts out and you think it's going to be one thing and then it kind of devolves into supernatural, like, crazy, insane stuff. Admittedly. Okay, so one of the Paranormal Activity movies, which also are not great, but whatever. They're what they are. They're spooky enough. They're in this, and they're, yes, they're more suspenseful and creepy than this movie I've actually seen all of them, whereas you have not. Seen two or three of them? They made way too many, I'll tell you that. So one of them... There is that scene, like, at the end of it, where there's kind of this weird, creepy cult, almost like Rosemary's Baby-style yeah, scene. for sure. Mm-hmm. Where, like, she's running away, and all the people in the house are like, oh, you know, like, waiting for her yeah. or something. So, I mean, definitely, like, a cult-type ritualistic things are very creepy and scary. And yeah. they are a good element to have in this film. I just feel like this movie really didn't have much in the way of, like, horror and scary because it wasn't 
it was trying to be more than it was. Now, let's move on to point number two. Yes. Okay. This movie, the story was weak because they did not do a good job explaining what they were attempting to do. Right. Now, without reading reviews or Reddit comments or anything, somewhere around, I don't know, it was the point where they reached the the, the hole and they have to go through it. And they're basically in this movie, they're constantly going down, right? Right. Like, it doesn't make sense, but it's, like, metaphorical, kind of, is that they have to keep going down in order to get out. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how does this make sense? Like, we're going to be a mile under the surface. Like, we, what? You know? And logically, it doesn't make sense, because the whole thing is it's, whatever, paranormal, magical something. Yes. So, they have a point where they reach this, I don't know what you call it, like a cave doorway kind of thing. And it has the phrase, abandon hope, all ye who enter here, etched over it, right? Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Yeah, whatever the exact phrasing is. So, that scene, so that was where, like, I googled, I'm like, where is that from? Like, okay, because they're like, oh, that's Even though, like, two seconds later, they say where that's from. (laughs) No, no, they say that it's supposedly the phrase that is on the gates of hell. Right. Okay, but from where? Right. From Dante's Inferno, right? Mm -hmm. From the Divine Comedy. Okay, so, that was where I was like, oh, okay, it makes sense now. Like, they're they're mirroring Dante's journey through hell and how he has to keep going through the, you know, descending through the depths of hell in order to finally return to Earth. hmm They did not explain that at all. And I think the movie suffered for it. Yeah, considering, like, how many other things they took the time to explain, like... Oh, Nicholas Fumel's grave was here, and then they moved it over here, and then this collapsed in 15-whatever, and this section of the... Like, they went way too far into, like, the geography of (laughs) the catacombs versus, like, explaining what the heck the overall theme of it was. Or, like, even... So there's one point where they're at a museum, like, looking at the supposed gravestone of Nicholas Fumel, and, like, maybe they should have been, like oh, this image is from Dante's Inferno and blah, 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 blah. So it kind of would have tied in a little bit more. Right. Because what they end up doing is their journey definitely mirrors Dante, even to the point where their party members start dying. They're being, being killed or whatever, you know, because of their sins, right? Right. And they're going, oh, you know, so this guy... He did this bad thing, and so he dies in a kind of poetic justice way that relates to that. Yeah, there's like six of six of them, I think. I think yes, five or it. six, and a couple of them they only explain what their thing is like literally right before they die, and one they just never bothered to explain at all. So. <laughs> it's 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 not a very strong. Uh, method of storytelling when the viewers like us don't understand it and basically have to go Google it and then read Reddit comments yeah. and be like, oh, you know, his sin was that he was, you know, he refused to take any blame for his blah, blah, blah. And that's why he, you know, as he was dying, he was like, no, I, which I'm like, I didn't hear at all what he was saying. He was French. So he had a thick accent. He so, just said it wasn't my fault okay, or well, something like that. Yeah. But so... They're like, oh, that's, you know, that mirrors this, you know, level of the Inferno and, you know, 
people who are like that. And I'm like, okay, great. Well, I'm glad that I have that background information after the fact, but it doesn't make the movie any yeah. better. They didn't dumb it down enough for right. the the average moviegoer. And, which, considering the demographic of people that see movies like this, right. I, I hate to say it, but you have to dumb it down. <laughs> I'm not saying that you're dumb if you like movies like this. I'm just saying that... I know the kinds of people who go, who like seeing these movies. Hi. <laughs> yeah. She's one of them. She's dumb. Okay. That so negatively. <laughs> so. She's, yes, I saw this movie in theaters. What's your point? Okay. Wait, did I? I don't know. I. We were married at the time. Maybe. Okay. So this movie's not a good horror film. And it doesn't do a very good job being an allegory for these other folklore, you know, spiritual elements. Okay. Right? Is this a good, just generic, Tomb Raider-style kind of suspenseful adventure film, either? So, if you're going to compare it to the original Tomb Raider films with Angelina Jolie... Which are also not great. Which are also not great. um, Those were fun. And, like, the supernatural mysticism that they kind of Mm -hmm. threw in there... Didn't seem so out of place because of that. But I feel like this is a better version of that type of movie than the Jolie Tomb Raider movies were. Go on. Like, the mysticism in this doesn't seem so outlandish because they're searching for a legendary mythical object. So remind me, in the original Tomb Raider films, is it like Indiana Jones where the mysticism is totally legit? Yeah. Okay. It's so not like... she literally time travels right. and doesn't can't save her father, but saves Daniel Craig. Right. Whereas the new Alicia Vikander Tomb Raider film, the whole thing was there's it, a scientific like, the explanation dif- it. Was for it was the difference between like how a, like a story can become a mythical legend. Right. Like much like in the Hercules movie we saw with the rock. Yeah. Where, you know, his tales are exaggerated, but there's right. some truth there. Yes. That's how Tomb Raider treated it. Okay. So. I can't wait for the sequel. I'm excited. Okay. I feel like this movie definitely went more with the mysticism is real. Yeah. But it also still didn't make sense. Right. Like, just, she magically realizes, oh, crap, the alchemist, whatever, the falafel stone, the philosopher's stone. That's why they named it the sorcerer's stone in America. (laughs) We can't pronounce it. The waffle stone is not even the right (laughs) one. I have to take it back. No, it was was the right one. It was the right one. She She had to return it because she took it. And then. And then the power was inside her all along. And then the power was inside her all along. Because if you believe in the stone, and you believe in the power of it, then that power is already within you. Yeah, that's the, that made no sense. That was was the worst part of this movie. Right? Yes. Okay. So, I applaud them trying to make an original ish movie I, like a, the setting was original right so this was the first film like ever right where the government of france and paris allowed filmmakers to actually go down into the catacombs and film stuff right 
They didn't, I mean, they filmed this basically on location. Like, yeah. All of it. As far as I know, there were only, like, a couple, or I mean, from, yeah, in my research, there were only sure a that, few scenes that were not in the catacombs. I'm sure when they're crawling over the bones through the one hole, yeah. like, that was probably not actually a spot in the catacombs where you would be crawling on bones, but, yeah. So, I, I applaud that. The setting was cool. Um, they just didn't explain it enough. Like, even the creepiness... So, okay, so, like, a movie, like, It Follows, that movie's kind of creepy, right? Did you actually see it? No. I'm asking you, oh. because I know you've I seen it. I saw it. Yes, it is creepy. So, if, do you think that they could have taken some kind of, I mean, I know that came out after this, right? Yes. But, do you think, borrowing from that sort of idea, if they had had, if they had really built up this idea that there were, like, malevolent forces like chasing them that they didn't understand and didn't know what was going on and then maybe as they got more and more terrified and close to whatever they started to realize and maybe um it would have forced them to confront their demons and that could have helped explain the story about why these sinners are being punished in dante's inferno yeah i mean that definitely would have helped for sure so with it follows yeah the Okay, so this is going to sound stupid, but just roll with it. So at some points, the killer entity thing is invisible. Okay. And at some points, it is inhabiting a person. Okay. Who then follows <laughs> the character. Okay. And it follows. <laughs> yes, I get so that. So you see, you have that complete dread of, like, the, the it getting closer and closer right. and closer. So... Yeah, for sure. That would have played so well here. Um, because, yeah, all the while they're going through these hallways and caverns and turning corners. And um, one of some of the more terrifying moments are when we see that they're being followed, but they don't see it yet. So if they built on that and then the character slowly notices that they're being followed by something, it would have been great. Okay, so in this film... Kind of similar to that, right? Mm -hmm. So you had really the only one creepy element, in my opinion, was there's this woman, okay? We see her leaving the club as they get to the club to enlist this criminal underground kind of guy. He's the one who can get them into the catacombs, right? Mm -hmm. So we see her there. We don't know what she is, but, like, she, you know, she looks at them as she's walking down the street out the window. Like, it's very obvious that someone's up with her. Right. We see her again... When there's these weird, creepy cultists chanting and having some kind of weird ritual, which... Topless the, ritual. At the beginning <laughs> of the catacomb. So they haven't even gotten into the creepy, like, we're super far underground, far away from society yeah. kind of place. <laughs> They're just like, oh yeah, there's some weird people down here and whatever. And so then we realize that one of the, these chanting cultist people is the same woman. And she kind of looks at them as they, you know, embark. Mm -hmm. Then... We see her again, not until Edwin Hodge, like, is ready to repel down. He's, like, the last one to go down, right? And we yeah. see her, you know, he's going, oh, is there somebody there? Is there somebody there? He hears something, whatever. And we see her kind of walk past. Like, yeah, in the frame like, behind him. You know, between some pillars, and she looks at him or whatever. And then she basically jumps out and kills him. Yeah. <laughs> and she's holding, and there's like a baby crying or something. It's very weird. And she's holding a baby, and that's literally it. 
Like, there's no explanation. We don't know what his quote-unquote sin from Which is his why past I think was. there has to be a deleted scene somewhere that explains that. Right, where he's like, Because they oh. bothered to kind of go through everyone else's, but his is just not there. Right. I guess even the dude who got killed in the burning fire thing, if he did, which I didn't, maybe I missed it, but apparently he said something like you said, like, it's not my fault. Yeah. So or we're to assume that maybe, like, his friend died in a car explosion or something. Yeah. And that's why he's like, oh, no, I didn't, you know, it wasn't me. Like, mm-hmm. And then he's punished for not, you know, being repentant and admitting yeah. what he did. To... And we don't know. All we know is he something. <laughs> it's annoying. Like. Yeah, if, if you're the person who likes all the nice little ends to be tied up neatly at the end of a movie, no. you're not going to be satisfied no. with this one. <laughs> it's annoying. I wish. What's annoying is it could have made sense. The movie's only 92 minutes long or something, right? Like, Yeah, it's not very it long. It could have made sense if they had added in like eight more minutes of dialogue <laughs> just interspersed here and there, you know? So despite the flaws that we're talking about, okay. is this movie engaging? I mean, kind of, just because it's not very long. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, to be fair, like Patient Zero was not very oh long gosh. and you were bored out of your mind okay. in that movie. This movie was better than that. <laughs> So this movie was okay. Like, I'm, I have to compare it to other movies of the same type. Comparing it to, like, a paranormal activity, I don't know. I think that this movie is better. It's on par. It's not worse. I think it's more, the first like, well-rounded. Well, it, try, it certainly tried. Okay, this movie is ambitious, which is what annoys me. Mm-hmm. Because they legitimately tried. To just do more than, oh, let's go down in the catacombs and, like, be scary or whatever. They tried to have this cool, like, Tomb Raider-style thriller, whatever, mystery, Da Vinci Code, whatever. And, not only that, but they also tried to make it this symbolic, you know, journey, mirroring one of the most famous pieces of literature in the history of the world. Right? Yeah. So you're saying it just would have been better had they not tried to make it horror and just make those creepy moments in this mystical Tomb Raider adventure journey. I guess, so my my original point was that this movie is trying to be too many things and it's not a very good horror film and it's not a very good advent, you know, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. adventure, thriller, you know, treasure hunter kind of thing. I would rather... I'm okay with the amount of scariness in it. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it being mislabeled as a horror film and saying it's not really a horror film. And just leaving that as it is and not ramping up the horror. Mm-hmm. I would rather that they had ramped up the logic and the explanation that would have given us a better, like, Tomb Raider-style film. Right. You know? And it could still be a end kind of the way it did and whatever and I mean I just think one the people who watch this film I mean I think I already said this but I'm gonna repeat it the people who watch this film they don't know anything about Dante's Inferno right for the most part yes like I only know I feel I'm pretty educated and I only know about Dante's Inferno somewhat from watching like the um the Dan Brown movies right (laughs) like I know that there's the famous paintings right yeah I know That it concerns his journey through hell, and then the next book is his journey through purgatory, and then the next book is his journey through heaven. But, like, 
that's it. I don't know the point he's making. I mean, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, he, he basically, it's his journey through seeing all the different kind of horrors of the earth and all the different types of sin and things that, um, you know, the trappings of mankind, right? Sure. At this point, you're, you know more I'm than just, I do. <laughs> but the point is, yeah, most people don't know any of that. And so then for this to go, oh, well, of course, it's just, you know, it's inspiration and of the Inferno from Dante. I'm like, oh, of course. What? Like, I, I get that you can tell me that, but I'm like, okay, I don't know what that really means. So well, I don't it, have anything to kind of compare and say, did it do a good job doing that? I don't know. Because nobody knows. Except right. people who speak Italian and study medieval literature. <laughs> right. Well, and the other thing, too, about this is since they were trying to be a documentary, they do go through it doing a lot of exposition and explanation of the things that the main character is an expert in and right. everyone else doesn't know. Like the cameraman doesn't know. Right. The people watching the supposed documentary won't know. So she goes through the steps of explaining things. So it wouldn't have been that weird for, for her to her just questions. explain it. No kidding. You know? It'd been no like, kidding. yeah. They could have just done that. Explain yeah. it. Yeah. And sure, you're scared, but you can I still mean, I guess explain what you're going through. <laughs> maybe it's weird that usually I don't like films that are super on the nose with no subtlety to their exposition. But this film needed some freaking on the nose, like well, non-subtle, here's for you dumbasses in the crowd exposition. And it wouldn't have been out of place because, again, they're talking to right, the audience. exactly. So it's okay. They don't have to turn to the camera and say... Well, this is very similar to the chapter in, you know, in Dante's Inferno where, what, no, they could have just been like, oh, they, 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 they needed to do the foreshadowing better yeah. earlier on. Yeah. Like when they're exploring the church and they're finding these artifacts and they're going, oh, there's a secret map on the back of the artifact, which, you know, is a very Indiana Jones Tomb Raider type of thing to find. National and that, treasure. Yeah. That, <laughs> right. And then they could have used that time, you know, well, what does that mean? Oh, well, you know, this is from Dante, and it represents the, I mean, even with, with the eagle. So some of the symbols they had with the the poetry and the riddles that they're trying to solve to figure out where to go. Yeah. Just make those a little bit more complex. Throw in an extra scene or two and basically be like, yeah, we're just going to go a little more Da Vinci Code with this. I'd be okay with that. I mean, those movies aren't considered good. I don't know about the books. Because all three of them are on our list. <laughs> well, and we've watched all three of them. We have. We just have not recorded. Those movies are not great, but they're entertaining. They are. It's because, true. And part of it is because they just don't make that many, like, cool, kind of superstitious mystery thriller movies. True. And for the record, Raiders of the Lost Ark is my favorite movie of all time. So any movies that come close to that style of kind of adventure, mystery, whatever, I love. And this could have maybe started to touch on that, but it just... So there is a nugget of a good movie in here for There you. is. And that's, yeah. what frust that's what's more frustrating. Like, Paranormal Activity, you're like, yeah, okay. They set up a bunch of video cameras, security cameras, and then there's, like, weird ghost stuff happening. And you're like, oh, that's creepy. There's not really anything more to it than that, you right. know? This had an interesting idea and a cool setting. Yeah. I would want to see a good version of this movie. Yeah. Because so. I've seen a worse version of this movie. Oh my gosh. What's it called? Called The Catacombs. Oh, yeah. 
starring Shoshana, so, Shannon Sossaman and music star Pink. <laughs> yes. Where they get lost after going to a secret place. After like a rave in the catacombs and bad things happen, Uh, so that's the straight like horror slasher sort of version of that. This movie, (laughs) don't watch it. I feel like I feel like we've had a much more free flowing conversation this episode. Yeah, and we've kind of touched on all of our points. We have not necessarily in an organized order. That's okay. Long story short. This is not a good movie. Would you agree? Do you okay? Do you think this is a good movie? You think this is a good movie? I don't think it's good. You think this is an okay movie? I okay. I think it's an okay movie, and I mean, for our standards, it's kind of high up there in the in the ratings. Like a thirty-eight percent on Metacritic is hard to get for a bad movie. I mean, it's not, because obviously <laughs> that's is. why we chose that 40% of our cutoff, because we pretty much... I feel like it. normally it's way below that for Metacritic. Well, Metacritic is always tends to skew slightly higher than Rotten Tomatoes. That's true. Right? That's true. By about 10%. Yeah, but the ones we watch are like in the 10s in Rotten Tomatoes, so it's not hard to do. It's true, but at the same time... Like, the worst movies ever still have, like, 25 on Metacritic. It's true. They do. So, this is a cut above, yes, really awful movies like The Snowman and Highlander 2. Yeah. And, um, what's the one you mentioned earlier? Patient Zero. Patient Zero. (laughs) This is not a great movie. No. It's not a good movie. Is it a one-star movie? Yeah. Like, one and a half. Can I go to one and a half? Yeah, I would agree. It's probably about one and a half. Um, It could have been a three-star movie, I think, honestly. Yeah. It could have been. And the the acting wasn't the issue. And honestly, like, I don't even think the directing... The filmmaking style wasn't the issue. I could go with a found footage style, you know, point of view kind of documentary style movie. What's the most successful movie that's been like that? That's, like, good. Can you think of any? Um, the only ones I can think of are Blair Witch and uh, Paranormal Activity, but that's just because they had such low budgets that whatever they made back was so much more. Than I don't that. mean like what was successful, because obviously Blair Witch Project is one of the most successful films in history. But right. it doesn't mean But you just mean good, good found footage. I mean like movies. what would film lovers even ones I mean, yeah, a lot of them are probably gonna be horrible. Okay. And so So it's not an American movie. Okay. But I think most horror fans and film aficionados okay. will agree that the movie Wreck R E C Okay. It's a I don't wanna say it's Spanish, I wanna say it's from Spain. This is so this wreck, or yeah, yeah, it's number five on this list I just found. Of okay. The best found footage films. <laughs> what so, are the other ones? Um. So the other ones are Blair Witch, which more for the influence, Cannibal Holocaust, uh, Cloverfield. Oh yeah, duh. Chronicle, which we saw. 
Yeah. Wreck, The Visit, which is a Shyamalan's film that some people I know think is a comedy. Those people are dumb. It's not a comedy. Um, it's terrifying. Creep. I haven't, it's been in my watch list forever, and I know people say it's so good. Troll Hunter. Yes! Norwegian! It's Norwegian, right? Finnish? It's one of those, yeah. Somewhere in Scandinavia, it's so good. Which is why I was so excited for the new Frozen movie, because it looks like Frozen meets Troll Hunter. <laughs> I'm excited. Paranormal Activity, Exit Through the Gift Shop, and Unfriended. Unfriend, the original Unfriended? Yeah. That one is good. It's all shot through, like, like a Google Hangout FaceTime kind of thing oh, on their yeah, laptops. Oh, yeah, where it's like the egg or something is the, is that the one? No. They're literally, like, on their laptops. Right. And isn't, it just shows their screens. Isn't there a little, like, egg icon for, like, some rando that they don't know who it is who enters their chat or Maybe. something? yeah. Okay. So, Unfriended has a 62% of run to me. Unfriended is great. Not the second one. Don't see the second one, but the first one's really What's good. What's funny is it has a five point five on IMDb, and this movie I believe is higher than that. Because the other thing that's terrifying about Unfriended, now that we're getting totally off topic, is it literally happens in real time. Right. So everything that's happening, like you're with, like there's no jumping around except from character to character, but it's all happening as it unfolds on screen. Yeah. So it's great. Um. So interesting. In. You cannot say that word. So. Every time he tries to say interestingly, he botches it. Interestingly <laughs> enough. <laughs> Unfriended is lower on IMDb than this film. This film has a 6.2. Yeah. Which doesn't seem like it's that the bad. The randos just get to vote on IMDb. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so and again, count. it's kind of a mix of the critical and the Google reviews issue. Which is, um, again, why we go with Rotten Tomatoes. I know. Approved critics and Metacritic. Anyway. So, yes. There are some decent films out there that have used the found footage style. Some of them are not wholly found footage. Like, this is the whole, oh, documentary film crew capturing what's going on. Yeah. There's a lot of films that have used point of view camera angles for scenes. I mean, like Aliens. Doesn't that have stuff like that? Probably. Like some of those, you know, scary sci-fi films where you're like, oh yeah, you know, I mean, Doom. I mean, that was because they're mocking It's literally the a first-person shooter. <laughs> That's why. But the point is, it can be used. A lot of films have used it to varying degrees. And right? a film that uses it entirely is Hardcore Henry, which if you haven't seen, is insane. I don't know if it's insane in a good way or a bad way. Literally, the entire movie is shot through the main character's eyes. Yeah. So you're, like, watching everything and doing everything. We watched a film like that in a film class I took once that was in black and white. Like, they had made that fi a film like that mm -hmm. in the 40s. I mean, it was well, like a, it was a they film. They did it again as, like, no, a I know. video well, game crazy right. thing. It was a film noir film, and it was just kind of like, yeah, you know, directors have always tried to push that envelope and change the, you know, point of view and experiment with that. So now that we've kind of rambled around the found footage genre as a whole, do you wish you had not watched this movie? No, it's fine. So it's not that bad. No, it's not that bad. It was mostly engaging. I just, I would have liked it to be more engaging. I mean, so, I like all the bad movies to be more engaging, obviously, but since, I, I can see how this should have been more. So since Hollywood is rebooting everything, even things that haven't come out 
that long ago. Could there there could be a good solid reboot in here to make this a bit better. A remake. Sure, why not? <laughs> or a sequel. Or something. I don't know. Well, now that she apparently has mystical That's the thing. <laughs> philosopher stone powers. Amazingly, unlike some movies, like, like in Paranormal Activity, everyone dies. Right. Or, I mean, except... Or do they? Well, the one girl gets, like, possessed by a ghost, and she doesn't die, but she kidnaps the baby and... Weird stuff happens. Takes it off to the ghost cultists, or something. I don't remember. Yeah, weird stuff happens. The point is, in this one, not everyone dies. That's true. Half some people, people live. live. So, um, yeah. But, we already told you one person who dies, but you can try to figure out who the other... Well, I kind of gave it away that one of them's a girl. And say which girl. Everyone in the beginning who you think is going to die, that's who dies. <laughs> it's not very shocking. <laughs> anyway. We'll put it that way. So any more final thoughts for Is this as a decent above? Halloween movie for those? I mean, we're putting this out the week of Halloween. So is this even a good Halloween film? I would say no. No, I don't think so. I would well, say I, don't watch this for Halloween. It's not a scary movie. And no. it's not even a fun, scary movie. Like, there's movie like, slasher films. Okay, Scream and those. I kind of like those movies. I love those movies. And at this point, they're probably not scary as an adult where I've seen them or whatever. I mean, as a teenager, I was kind of scared by them. But now I'd be like, I'm not scared. But they're still fun because they're just ridiculous. And they're, yeah. You know, I rewatched them not that long ago. I can confirm they are not scary. <laughs> After the, you've seen them a couple the times. One. Honestly, I haven't seen the fourth one again, I think, since we saw it the first time. So maybe it would be. But if you are looking for a one-star movie that you should watch this Halloween, I'm going to give my vote for Hocus Pocus, starring Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Jimmy. Certainly a good family-friendly Definitely family-friendly. We or, watched uh, it last weekend with our kids and a bunch of Jonathan's family, and it was fun. Yes. For me, must-watch Halloween goodness. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of One Star Bazaar, and have a safe and happy Halloween. Next week, we are going to come back with your Twitter vote chosen film, Max Payne, a video game based game, the video game based movie that most critics agree should not exist. And so this we'll... was, the, the Twitter vote was what video game film we should watch or no. what no just, the, there what, was a twitter what? poll between four movies i gave bangkok dangerous uh when in rome which is a romantic comedy yes, I'm aware. Oh, you're aware never, um yeah, the happy time murders and max Payne. it was very close between max Payne and the happy time murders so i'm gonna say we're gonna do both so at some point or next week we'll do max Payne. the following week we'll do the happy time murders okay see you next time